Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, we're going to meet, well, the rest of this year's NHL draft picks. Also, the latest on the Jack Eichel talks. All of this on today's Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, every day until tomorrow, that is. I'll explain that once again later. But hello, Ducks fans. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. You can hear this podcast wherever podcasts can be heard. Please don't forget to rate five stars on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Be sure to subscribe to the show, that way you don't miss the latest episodes. Tell your smart device to play Locked on Anaheim Ducks, and hope you hear my dulcet tones on the speakers. Oh, follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. And for those of you who have stepped over from Locked on Mariners, welcome! I did promise a video. And that video is coming. I will deliver on that promise. Also, as you may have saw, I was across the street from the Honda Center taking in some baseball because Shohei Otani. Okay, enough of the baseball chatter. Let's get to today's show. Now, last week, I profiled the first three picks with their own shows for each pick. You can go back and hear those shows later. I did a show on McTavish which was a fantastic show, by the way, featuring a lot of stuff about Mason McTavish, about some of the ins and outs of his game, and why that pick may not have been a bad idea for the Ducks. Also did a profile on Olin Zellweger. That one's a fun one. And also did a profile on Sasha Pastujov and why he might not be ready to play for the Anaheim Ducks anytime soon. So if you haven't heard those shows, be sure to check them out. It's called Let's Meet Mason McTavish, Let's Meet Olin Zellweger, etc., Today we're going to meet the rest, and it's going to start with the next pick. Uh, By the way, this was made easier by the fact that there were extensive scouting reports for each of the first three players. I'll be honest in saying that there weren't as many reports on the remaining five picks, so it's tougher to gauge their ceilings. Let's start with the 76th pick, Tyson Hines from Ramouski Oceanic of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. If that team sounds familiar, Ramouski Oceanic, uh, some certain superstars have played on that team in the past. The Ducks traded their third round pick in 2022 in order to obtain this pick from the Montreal Canadiens. The Quebec native uh, grew up as a Habs fan. How about that? Montreal could have had him. The Ducks traded for that pick, so instead of going to Montreal, he goes to the Ducks. Okay. He's 6'3", 180 pounds. The left shooting defenseman just turned 18 in March and will be returning to juniors next season. After a slow start in Shawinigan, where he scored only one point in 10 games, he was traded to Ramuski, where his whole game completely turned around. It was like night and day, I tell you what. So again, one point in 10 games. And he nearly, nearly became a points-per-game kind of guy. In his final 23 games of the season with his new squad, he scored 6 goals and 9 assists for a total of 15 points in only 23 games. That's not bad at all. He said, quote, At the beginning of the season, I wasn't really confident. When I got traded to Ramuski, it was like a new start for me. End quote. And according to scout Jean-Francois Damphouse, Hines finally got the chance to play more of an offensive type of game while getting some quality power play time. With the way things were going with his previous team, there was much doubt if he would even be drafted at all. 
I mean, there was talks that he wouldn't even get to round seven with only one point in those first 10 games. The early reports were he might go seventh round, but he might not get drafted and will have a hard time. However, the change in scenery saw his draft stock rise to the point of being a mid-third round pick, which is where he ended up. Hines was the QMJHL Defenseman of the Month for January of 2021, the first month with his new club, and is someone that some scouts began paying attention to with Ramuski. He has a big, tall frame, great speed, and a solid defensive game that started to become dominant towards the end of the season. Hines possesses a good active stick and does well one-on-one and in the corners. His shot is okay but does a fantastic job moving the puck around, especially in the power play, where he has a tendency to push the puck across the Royal Road to an open teammate for an easy score. He has great hockey IQ, but with that tall, lean frame, he could stand to be a bit more physical, actually a lot more physical, and bulk up not just a little, but a lot. Maybe next season, he will fill out to be around 6'3 and maybe 195 to 200 pounds. Look for him to develop his offensive game even more and see if he can become that points-per-game dominant defenseman for Ramuski in 21-22. Next, with the 98th pick, is Joshua Lapina from UMass Amherst. So, yeah, Josh Lapina from UMass. If that name sounds familiar, he did pretty well in the Frozen Four. This high-scoring 20-year-old forward has some pretty filthy mitts. His scoring touch is above average, and his face-off percentages are well above 60%, approaching 65%. That is great face-off numbers. His greatest asset is his hands. Lapina is 6'2", but only a buck 94. He does need to work on his strength a little bit with his somewhat slender frame. The skating is pretty good but could use a little work according to some scouts. But that ability to score from many parts of the offensive zone should not be overlooked. In 29 games at UMass, Lapina netted 9 goals and 14 apples for a total of 23 points. He helped lead the Minutemen to the Frozen Four tournament and eventually the national championship, which is why that name is familiar, and that immediately rose his stock. Anytime you can help lead a college program to a national title, scouts from all over North America will salivate at the idea that a player could help an NHL team down the line. And imagine the play that he got on ESPN with that semifinal game and then the championship game. He did a fantastic job on both. Now, does that necessarily mean he will help impact the Ducks right away? Uh, likely not, because he still got some things to improve on. I mean, I do like that scouts from all over North America said that he'll help an NHL team down the line. But as I mentioned, the skating could use some work and he needs to fill out that frame just a little bit. His defense ends checking also needs a little work. If he can, if he can somehow show some major signs of improvement next year, then I see no reason why he couldn't go up to perhaps the San Diego goals late next season. I could think of another Ivy Leaguer, someone else that played in Hockey East, Jack Bedini, who played in Harvard. He was a prospect for the Ducks that eventually had his time in Harvard and then moved up to play for the San Diego Goals last season. 
like most skaters in this draft class, he is going back to college for another year and then go from there. I also want to point out, by the way, that he's playing in the ultra-competitive Hockey East Conference, which has yielded some pretty good talent. I mentioned Jack Bedini. You might know another one of those names. Some guy named Trevor Zegras, who played for Boston University last year. Yes, last year in 2020. If it feels like it's been longer, maybe it has. And his development blossomed around that time, talking about Zegras, of course. For Lapina, he's got a decent chance to make a name for himself. So we shall see where his development is in a year. All right, we're up against it. So we're going to head into the first intermission and talk about the remaining three selections. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And we have the NHL lines up. Colorado is still a favorite. Tampa Bay is still a favorite. And they definitely should be. Because Tampa Bay just signed Corey Perry, so that means automatically they'll be in the Stanley Cup Final. So, yay, book that one already. Also, Major League Baseball is in full swing, if you haven't paid attention. The Angels are doing okay. The Dodgers, Padres, Giants are all fighting in the National League West. If you want to place a bet on that, head on over to betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus, not 25%, unlike the Seattle Kraken. See, you got to watch that 25% contract increase. So once again, a 50%, not 25, welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On at betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. All right, we're going to talk about the other three picks on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we go over the rest of the draft picks from the 2021 NHL Entry Draft. Once again, in case you missed the first three shows of last week, or rather the middle three shows, I did a profile on each of the first three draft picks, Mason McTavish, Olin Zellweger, Sasha Pastujov. In the first segment, I talked about Tyson Hines and Josh Lapina. This segment, I'm going to talk about the final three prospects. Sean Shergill from the Calgary Hitmen from the WHL. That's the first player I'm going to go over. That was the fifth round pick and the 130th overall pick, a left winger from the Calgary Hitman. This one I had to do a little bit of research on, but there's not a whole lot out there because he wasn't really the... I mean, he was the main guy for a while. So once again, he's only 18 years old, born on April 11th. Kind of a smallish forward, 6 feet, 189 pounds. Again, a pretty slender frame, but a pretty good scorer. He led the hitmen in goals with 13 and ranked second in scoring with 21 points in 21 games last season. So there you go, one point per game. He was tied for seventh in points with one point per game exactly among draft-eligible WHL players. And a little bit more on Shergill. One thing that scouts did like was just his, not his snipe, but just his accuracy. His shot accuracy is one of the best things about his game where if he gets in the slot, he can pretty much pick his corners and just find the shot just above the goalie's shoulder or just through the seven hole. 
yes, that is becoming more of a thing. Where you want to score on the seven hole and not the five hole. Reason being because you get that little sliver in between the shoulder and the armpit. And that's usually left pretty wide open because most goalies are going to anticipate that they're going to shoot above the shoulder. So so we're seeing more goal scorers try to aim for that little pocket right below the shoulder just next to the body of the goaltender. So as we're seeing more of that, Shergill is sure to use that accurate shot to his advantage. He will come back to juniors next season. He will be back with the WHL's Calgary Hitmen next season. So I'm sure we'll have a lot more to see in the coming year. He scored 35 points in 85 career WHL games with the Calgary Hitmen and was also in the playoffs for a few of those games. So once again, with the 130th pick, they chose Sean Shergill from Calgary. Whew, try saying that three times fast. The other fifth round pick, this one was involved in a trade. So remember the Eric Gudbranson trade from last year, the one that went to Ottawa? So this was Edmonton's selection via Ottawa. Anaheim traded Gudbranson to Ottawa in exchange for this fifth round selection. Ottawa acquired the pick from Edmonton for Tyler Ennis the previous season. So this was Anaheim's pick via Ottawa via Edmonton. And they chose a goalie. Ooh, this is interesting now. I will talk a little more about this one. Gage Alexander from the WHL also. Hey, how about that? He played for the Winnipeg Ice. I love that name. The Winnipeg Ice. Ooh, it sounds so good. Wait till you hear this. He's 19 years old. He posted a 6-3-0 record with one shutout. These are pretty good stats. A 2.23 goals against and a save percentage of 917. Get this, folks. He is 6'6", 205 pounds. Ooh, what about a tall frame? I did post a highlight reel on the LO underscore Ducks Twitter. And reading some of the scouting reports and seeing some of the video, I'm pretty impressed by this pick. I was shocked that he went as low as he did because there was some saying that he could be like a late fourth round or an early fifth round pick. Some even ranked him as one of the top 100, I guess, draft eligible players in this season's NHL draft. And for him to drop to 148th is kind of a steal. But also consider this, goaltenders in general were ranked very high in this season's NHL draft. And look at some of the names that dropped down. I mean, there there were some pretty big goaltenders, and I'll go through those in a second, but going back to his highlight reel, the lateral movement is something that I thought was amazing. He could get from post to post very quickly and somewhat effortlessly looking at some of these. You look at his post game, I thought it was one of the best ever. I shouldn't say ever in the WHL, but I haven't seen many picks that have the kind of range that he does and the kind of glove that he has. That, that to me impresses me. With that big tall frame, he's not going to get many pucks past him over the shoulders. Kind of like another certain goaltender that did very well in this year's, or rather the past two seasons, Stanley Cup final runs, Andre Vasilevsky. There were a couple scouts that said that there was a little bit of Vasilevsky in his game. And in fact, get this, Alexander kind of models his game a little bit after Vasilevsky. Hmm, that's a pretty good goaltender to, I guess, 
elevate yourself to. And by the way, going back to some of the goalies that went in this year's draft, look at Jesper Wallstedt. Jesper Wallstedt was in some circles thought to be a top 10 pick, and he dropped all the way down to the 20th pick. Um, he was chosen by the Minnesota Wild. Ahead of him, Sebastian Casa was picked 15th by the Detroit Red Wings, much to the chagrin of several Red Wings fans, including fellow Locked on Red Wings host Nolan Bianchi. Yeah, he was mystified by that pick, I guess. And looking at some of the other goaltenders later on, they all just dropped precipitously in this draft. In fact, there were no goaltenders taken in the second round at all. Then he gets to round three, and the next goaltender after that was Alexei Kolosov, who was chosen by the Philadelphia Flyers. He was supposed to be ranked higher, and he went all the way to 78th. Benjamin Goudreau went to the San Jose Sharks, all the way down to 81st. Hammerlaw went to the Hurricanes, but that's a depth goalie piece. That that one's fine. That one's fine, I guess. So to see Gage Alexander drop all the way down to the fourth round, and to see all these goaltenders drop as far as they did. Rasmus Korhonen, I thought he was going to be ranked even higher. I thought he would be an 80th or 90th pick. He went all the way to 122 and chosen by the Arizona Coyotes. So just thinking about the goalie market in this season's draft, ooh boy, this might end up being a steal and a good depth piece for the Anaheim Ducks later on. And in fact, this was the first time that the Ducks went after goaltending in the draft since... 2018, they chose two goaltenders. In the fifth round with pick 147, they chose Roman Derny from the Des Moines Buccaneers. That one hasn't quite panned out yet, hasn't developed like they wanted him to. And 2018, in the third round with the 85th pick, they chose a name that you should be familiar with if you've heard this podcast with any regularity, Lucas Dostal. Yeah, that's right. Luca went in the third round in the 2018 entry draft. And after his performance late this past season, it's left many scouts wondering, well, why didn't we take him in the second round? What can we do to get him? Yeah, this is one of the Ducks goalies of the future. And it's been a while since they've had any goalie depth. So this is simply just to get some goalie depth in the pipeline. I expect the Ducks to choose another goaltender pretty high up next season because it has been a while. 2018, they chose two goaltenders. One of them has panned out. 2017, also in the fifth round, they chose Ole Eriksson Ek, who was the current backup to Luka in the San Diego goals system. So Ole Eriksson Ek was in 2017. Before that, they hadn't really chosen any goaltenders that had panned out since, you ready for this? 2012. Freddie Anderson, also in the third round. So something to consider, Ducks fans. Next season's draft is going to be deep. There's going to be some good goalies next season. And I'm so far over time that I'm just going to quickly mention the last pick because there's not a whole lot on this last pick. And that is Kyle Kukinen, who went with the 162nd pick. He was chosen, well, pretty far down from Maple Grove High School in Minnesota. We don't know a whole lot about him at all only 18 years old, just turned 18 years old, scored 74 points in 23 games with the Maple Grove High School Leafs in Minnesota. He led all skaters in in assists and ranked second among scoring among U.S. high school Minnesota League players. He's a small guy, though. 5'10", a buck 72. 
he will be going to college next season. I forget where exactly he's going to college, but he will be attending college next season. So be sure to look out for that name in a couple years. So that rounds out all the draft picks by the Anaheim Ducks. Once again, the last three picks, Sean Shergill, Gage Alexander, and Kyle Kukkonen. So that'll do it for all the picks. They had no pick in the seventh round. They traded that pick to Pittsburgh in the Erica Branson deal. So there you go. That is all the draft picks for the Ducks. We are done. All right. We're going to talk about Jack Eichel in a second. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar in the land. Go ahead and try their unique flavors. In in case you missed it, the Grasshopper Cookie Built Bar was back for a limited time. In case you missed it, it might still be around. But if you didn't, be sure to check out Built.com regularly to see what unique flavors do come out. So once again, Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, we have one more segment. We have the second intermission coming up, and we're going to talk about the Jack Eichel drama going on in Buffalo. We're going to talk about this again? Uh, Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and we got one more segment, and we're going to talk about it. Yes, we've entered the time of year where it's just all drama, all weirdness. I'm, of course, talking about Jack Eichel, the evolving Jack Eichel saga that is still ongoing. As of right now, the Ducks are still one of the main contenders to land Jack Eichel, but it might not come at a huge cost anymore because Jack Eichel's camp, they're, they're pissed. They just came out with a statement a couple of days ago that was pretty, not damning, but it was pretty bad. So I will read this verbatim. This is coming from Jack Eichel's agents, and this was first reported by John Vogel at Buffalo Vogel, and it reads dustily, quote, In response to the Sabre statement regarding being in control of the process, Jack Eichel under contract and other comments, we offer the following response. Once again, this is from Jack Eichel's agents. Quote, The process is not working. As previously stated, we fully anticipated a trade by the start of the NHL free agency period. After the agreed-upon and prescribed period for conservative rehabilitation lapsed in early June 2021, it was determined by the Sabres medical staff that a surgical procedure was required. The recommendation by Jack's independent neurosurgeon, other spine specialists consulted, and the surgery Jack feels most comfortable having in order to correct a herniated disc in his neck is to proceed with artificial disc replacement surgery. A further point of concern is that our camp was initially under the impression that the Sabre specialist was in agreement with the artificial disc replacement surgery until that was no longer the case. What is being left out of the discussion is that Jack would be able to play in the National Hockey League for the start of the season, pending medical clearance if he were allowed to have the surgery he desires 
even as of this date. Repeated requests have been made to the Sabres since early June to no avail. This process is stopping Jack from playing in the NHL and it is not working. Peter Fish and Peter Donatelli, end quote. Oh boy, that is really bad. There is such a disconnect between the Sabres, Jack Eichel, the, like they're the agents, the organization. It is bad. They are clearly not on the same page as far as what to do with Jack Eichel's neck and what kind of surgery he requires. Could it be a fusion surgery? Could it be an artificial disc replacement? Who knows what's going to happen? No one knows still to this day. And I think this is something that needs to be addressed in the next CBA. Is whether athletes can go off and try their own doctors. Whether it has to be the team doctor, their way or the highway or nothing. This is one of the many things that needs to be addressed in the next CBA. And all the leverage that the Sabres had, it is completely gone. Now no team wants to make some kind of deal right away. In fact, now I'm sensing that the Ducks, they could still get Jack Eichel, but it won't come at the price of a top prospect. It might take maybe one smaller prospect and one other player, and that might be it. That really might be it. And that would be a severe underpay as far as the Ducks are concerned. If you're going to make a push, do it now. Do it in the next 24 to 48 hours. Make some kind of push to get this over with. Just completely done and out in the open. That way Jack Eichel can move on, get the surgery that he needs, and play in the NHL. At this point, I know the agents say at this point he could play at the start of the season, but I got to be honest, I do not see it. As we stand right now, in the first week of August, the recovery time is going to take a few months. I don't think he's going to play until maybe the first, no, I'd say the second month of the season. That's when I anticipate that Jack Eichel will begin playing this season. So again, that's that's a pretty alarming quote from Jack Eichel's agents. And we'll see how much farther this goes. If there is something that happens between now and tomorrow's podcast, I'll definitely have it on the next show. But in the meantime, we're going to end by addressing something that I had alluded to at the start of the show. I do say that this is Locked on Ducks, your team every day for now. That will not be the case beginning tomorrow. Tomorrow will be my last podcast for now. Um, I'll be taking a small break from the podcast. This is a break that, frankly, I need. I, I need a break from the podcast. We've been going on with off-season coverage for the better part of three months and it's been hard trying to come up with new content every day when there hasn't been hockey played for the Anaheim Ducks since early May and this even extends back into last season the Ducks stopped playing March 11th March 12th the NHL took a complete just spiraling out of control and the Ducks didn't play another game until January of 2021 so there was nine months of just a lot of non well there was content but there was a lot of non-content there as well and I personally do not want the podcast to suffer because of that you know I still want to keep at this with a fresh face and a fresh mind so I'll be taking a small break from the podcast after tomorrow we still will have a show tomorrow I still do have 
just one little mailbag question just for fun that I want to do before finishing for now. But uh, the initial plan was to come back next week, but I do not see that happening now. I'll be changing zip codes. There's going to be a lot of changes going on, uh, both with myself and with the podcast as a whole. So I think it'd be for the betterment of the podcast if I take not an extended break, but at least a small break for at least a couple of weeks just to get my batteries recharged and then start fresh. And then I anticipate taking another break before officially entering the third season of this podcast. So just a reminder, tomorrow there will be a new show, but I definitely advise you to listen to the previous podcast, learn about the Ducks draft picks. They're informative. I tried to make those as informative as possible. That way they could be evergreen podcasts. So if you have Ducks friends, Ducks, Ducks friends or Ducks fans that have not heard the previous podcast, let them know, hey, I did a profile on all these draft picks on all of them, including today. So if you haven't heard them already, do so now and let your friends know. Just let them know, rate five stars. It'll help. It'll help me. It'll help the podcast. So once again, before I end for today, I just want to thank you all for bearing with me the last three months. I've tried to put out some quality content the past three months, and I'll give some thanks tomorrow. But really, it's time to just take a break. I think everybody that works in hockey or works in sports, we, we just need a break. We need a vacation. It's been mentally exhausting having to deal with all the COVID stuff, like all of it. So again, just, you know, don't fret. We will be back. We will be back stronger and better than ever. In the meantime, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to the guests. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you to the fans. Just thank you all. All right. Uh, You can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Make sure to rate five stars. Follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. I will still be tweeting on the LO underscore Ducks Twitter. There will still be some, I guess, tangential news. And if there is a big trade that happens, if Jack Eichel gets traded to the Ducks or there's some other big trade that Anaheim makes, I will make a podcast about it that day. I will make an emergency podcast. That will be the exception to the break if there's big news that happens between now and when I come back. All right, once again, thank you. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there. Get vaccinated if you haven't already. Please, please be kind to one another and ducks. Fly together. Sweetie,